Hi, everybody. Welcome to season two of A Year Ago Today. I'm your host, Tyla Megan Fowler, and I am so thrilled to be here. And I'm so thrilled that you're listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, our prelude to season two went live on Tuesday. And already there have been 64 downloads, which to me feels like a huge victory. You know, after having been on hiatus for nine months, I was not expecting to have so many people tune in so quickly and I'm deeply, deeply grateful. So whether you're one of those first 64 people to have downloaded or, or not, it really doesn't matter. I'm grateful that you're here regardless of when you're coming to this episode. And I also know that whenever you're coming to this episode, it's happening in absolutely perfect time for you, for what you're meant to receive from this experience. This first conversation of season two is particularly tender for me. The topic at hand is really about the presence and absence of the father and Rachel and I were really able to connect deeply around that topic, partially because the anniversary of my own father's death was coming up when we recorded and oof, it feels vulnerable to say this out loud. The actual anniversary of my father's passing is the day that this episode is going live, March 29th which is a beautiful synchronicity that I could not have really... (laughs) You know, you can't plan stuff like this. It's just too aligned, too good. I want to thank Rachel so much for sharing her story so honestly with me. And I also want to dedicate this entire season two to my dad, Ron Fowler, who passed away four years ago today, if you're listening to this on the day that it came out. So I'm getting emotional and it's only the intro. (laughs) I don't think I really need to say more. Thank you so much for being here. If there's anything that you would like to share with me about your experience listening to this, I am really open to receiving anything you have to offer. You can send an email to a year ago podcast at gmail.com and I will do a happy dance if I... Yeah, I'll do a happy dance for every single email that comes in and I will like, maybe I'll take a video of it and put it online or something. (laughs) That'll be fun. I'm like, how do I incentivize people to talk to me? Uh, (laughs) Hmm. All right. So here we go. Season two. Buckle up. (laughs) Um, and I think more importantly than anything else, I need to say one more time. Thank you for being here. Hi, everybody. I'm here today with my friend, Rachel Lynn. Hi, Rachel. Hi. (laughs) And I was just telling her how excited I am to talk to her today. 
And then I was like, I should be recording this because I want everybody to know how excited I am. Rachel, I'm so excited to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited too and nervous, but I'm nervous too. I'm nervous. I um you already know this, but nobody else knows this yet, unless we made a little thing to tell them. But this is my first time ever recording an episode of a year ago today without Sally. <sighs> so I'm a little nervous. And then, oh my gosh, I tried to log into our podcasting account and I couldn't even log in because the login info was wrong and I tried to call her <laughs> and it went to voicemail. So I had to just make a new account, which is great because um, we're starting with a little bit of fresh energy, but it was funny because I... I'm feeling a little bit of nerves, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, I haven't done this in a while. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Rachel, you've kindly come here today to talk to me about something you and I have talked a little about already. But not yeah. a lot. Yeah, I was trying to remember when I even just mentioned it to you. I think I had just gotten back from the trip and you're like, don't tell me, don't tell me. I want to ask you about it on the podcast. <laughs> this was like a year I did ago. That. Yeah, I was like, stop talking. <laughs> this story is so good and I want to know absolutely everything and let's just wait a little while. You know, I'm finding that sometimes when you have to wait for something, it makes it even better. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, I'm so excited. It's um, so gratifying to be finally having this conversation. I'm excited. <laughs> I guess we should tell everybody what we're talking about. Um, Rachel, could you put into like one sentence a year ago today and then, you know, insert brief summary of what happened? Yeah. Um so a year ago today, I met my estranged estranged father for the first time in person. Mm. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> I already know. <sighs> wow. And how does it feel to say that now? Oh man, you know, it feels it feels like a long time ago. Um it was just a year, but it feels like an eternity ago and so much has changed. Um, so I think it feels, uh, it feels good. It feels good. And how were you feeling a year ago? When it happened? Yeah. Like the day? Yeah. I was very, I think I was, I, uh, I think I was surprisingly calm. Um, I was surprisingly calm. So just to kind of like recap. Yeah. Tell everybody a little bit more about the context. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, my parents divorced when I was two, and I never knew my father. Um, they had separated before they divorced, and we were in England, living in England. 
and my mother had full custody. I never got to see my dad. So I basically was raised without ever really knowing him. I like didn't know his name. My mom never talked about him. It was just a subject we never talked about. We know I didn't know what he looks like. I'd never seen a picture. Uh, and then when I was 23, he reached out to me on Facebook. Um, well, I got this message from a person named John on Facebook and it was like, hi, are you, were you born in Manchester, England? This is a very important question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, this is weird. It's uh, so interesting that the name is John. Really? Because you think of like, you know, that's what they call just some dude. They're like, call him a John. Right, yeah, so totally. It's just like some, some masculine presence from out there is contacting me, just some John. <laughs> yeah, totally. No Facebook picture. Like, I had no idea who he was. Like, oh, wait, what did the message say? Gosh, the exact message? Um, I mean, it doesn't have to be word for word, but the, like... It was <laughs> like... You can also tell me if I'm being too nosy. <laughs> no, no. Um, I think I even, like, have it on my computer somewhere. Let me see. I think, oh, it says, Dear Rachel, please, please let me know if you were born in Manchester, England. This is very important. Thank you. Wow, so cryptic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, mean, totally. It's a, it's a clear question, but the the intention is not clear. I didn't reply. Oh, I'm looking now at the correspondence. I didn't reply, actually, to this initial inquiry. Because <laughs> oh it was, <laughs> it took, and then a week later, he messaged me again, and he says... Dear Rachel, could you please tell me if you've ever been to England? Could your birthday be in September? If so, please let me know. Either yes or no. Um, yeah. Um, and then, and then a little bit. I re- I remember getting the first message. I was working at Madewell, this uh, clothing store oh, at the time. Oh, Rita. I know about Madewell. <laughs> Don't you worry. <laughs> it's like half of my wardrobe. <laughs> Same, but uh, it was like also hell. Like it's like you graduate from college and you're working retail. There's not not that there's anything wrong with working retail, but I was also living at no, home no. at the time. Do you know that my, I did that too? You worked I retail. I graduated college and I couldn't get a job, and so I well I could get a job at the Banana Republic Men's Store <laughs> on Fifth Avenue. I'm really good at selling clothing to men. <laughs> oh, I believe it. I would definitely buy a pair of khakis from you. Oh my god! That makes As me someone so happy. who never even wears khakis. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have gotten sidetracked. Back to our story. Um, Where were we? So we were I was about being at work when you got the message. Yeah, I was at work when I got the message, and I remember being on a break and then reading it, and then like needing to like leave the building to go outside and like take deep breaths and. I I feel like I just knew from the first message, like, you know, like, I had a feeling. Yeah, you're um, like, there's something going on here. Yeah. And... Can I ask a, a question about that feeling? Yeah. Do you... Can you tap into where you felt that feeling located in your body, in your physical body? Uh, like solar plexus. Uh, yeah. Like gut, yeah. 
Um, That's where I feel it too. (laughs) (laughs) And after that, so then like a few days after he, those two messages. So like two weeks later, I I wrote, I just wrote, hi, John. Yes. To both questions, Rachel. (laughs) I love that you didn't ask a single follow up question. You weren't like, who the fuck are you? (laughs) (laughs) So then we like, he starts like writing me longer messages and he's like, you're the person I've been looking for. And this was in 2000, this was in 2013 or no, 2011, 2011. Um, He starts like writing me longer and longer messages. He starts writing about like the past and telling me things about, when I was born and like England, um, he talked a little Didn't bit. Did he of- first be like, I am your father? Like, I mean, that moment, I feel like we skipped a little. <laughs> um, or did he just start telling you stories? Okay. Well, <laughs> after that, he was like, could you tell me if this is your mom's name? And then he was like, I'm 99.9% per- sure that you're the person I've been looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So you said that it was just a little abbreviated. I'm fully with you now. Well, yeah, yeah. And I didn't, I don't think I mentioned it, but yeah, yeah. He like said, you're 90, you're hundred percent the person I'm looking for. And then much later he, he was like, and actually after he was like, you're the person I'm looking for. I was like, not to be rude, but, but like who, then I said, who are you? And why exactly have you been searching for me? I like that you said not to be rude. Like that's not rude at all. When someone is like coming into your space to be like, could you please just declare for me who you are? (laughs) I'm happy to interact with you, but. And then he was, and then he says, after 20 years of hoping and searching, I've forgotten that I'm just a stranger. I'm just another old man searching for a long lost daughter. Wow. That is like, I feel like that could be right out of a movie. Yeah, it's a little, I mean, it was very surreal. It was very surreal. Um, And I, at the time, I felt a lot of anger toward him. Like, how can I, I like was, you know, I was thinking how how convenient to find me when I'm 23 and a grown person and you never had to be there for the hard shit and you never had to be there when I was like applying for colleges. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, um, how dare you take so long to get here? <laughs> yeah. 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 And then he – and I never – he would write – after he told me who he was, he would write, you know – longer messages and he would talk about my mom and that would that infuriated me Um, did you tell him you were angry i did (laughs) i kind of did he had started contacting like my cousins too or like people i were friends with so then i wrote back that's aggressive it was aggressive it was aggressive and i wrote him a note that was like Please stop contacting the people in my life that are causing them concern. Um, I wrote your story of searching or of searching of not knowing or a father's love, whatever is very sad. Mm. Um, 
but I kind of was just like, I, I don't feel bad for you. And yeah, I wrote, you know, you, your stories are sad, but they're just stories and they're not really good for anything. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, That's be- it's so true. I mean, you could say that to anybody. Your stories yeah, are stories. Yeah. I mean, there's they're sad, but they're just stories. Yeah, yeah. I, I wrote they're, they're, the stories aren't really good for anything but filling books and putting children to bed. Oh my god, that was like so, so hard. <laughs> I was twenty three. I feel like I had a lot of down. emo-ness. <laughs> oh, um it's not emo that's like fiercely intellectual i feel like you know like it's very cutting what you said i like it a lot i think it's great (laughs) (laughs) you know we're allowed to be human we're allowed to like poke at other people a little when they've hurt us you know it's it's great if you don't do that but (laughs) right yeah sometimes you gotta express that anger yeah yeah and then he just started writing like long, long messages and he started writing me mail. So since 2011, I usually get like a birthday card and a Christmas card every year from him um, with like long letters. Um, I remember one year, like <laughs> I, it must have been like after a few years of him writing me because at first he would send me like for my birthday, he would send me like a letter, pages and pages of letters of a letter. And then like DVD, burn DVDs of like, <laughs> like finance or like how to like fix bathrooms. <laughs> and then one year He's he like said, trying to get you educated. <laughs> yeah. And then one year he, and he was in his letters. He would always, he, he even, I eventually told him like, I'm an actor. I went to NYU for acting. And then he started in his letters suggesting different kinds of jobs I should get. Like, maybe you should consider being a piano teacher. <laughs> and oh, my God. That's, like, the least supportive. I mean, I understand the impulse, you know? And also, it's like, come on, dude. Oh, totally. He was not supportive at all. And then he would say things like, your cousins went to Cambridge. They're doctors and lawyers now. And, like, I never replied. I've never replied to any of his written mail. He just sends them every year. And I don't reply. I don't write back. Um, and I stopped writing back like a long time ago to him. Uh, but I was, I would just read these letters and get so angry. I would be like, good for them that they went to Cambridge. Like, I'm sure, you know, having two parents helps with that. I'm sure being given the the best of everything is like, great, like good for them. Fuck you for not, pardon my language, but for not like trying to find out who I am. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah. And also he like never was like, so he had my address cause he would send me letters, but he was never like, I want to meet you. I'm going to take a, I'm going to come to New York and meet you, which I thought was weird. Um, yeah, he was so aggressive in other ways. You would have thought that he would have pushed for that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the funny, the funny letter that he sent me was like, he's one time he was, he sent me a burned copy of Les Miserables, the movie with Hugh Jackman in it. <laughs> and he was like, in the letter, he was like, I hope this gets to you in time. Uh, and I'm, and I'm just thinking like, in time for what? This movie came out like three years ago and I've seen 
anyway, it's very bratty of me, but (laughs) he's like, I've never seen a play before. Um, So uh, it's so weird that we're just like, he's a computer programmer. So like, we're just so from totally different worlds. Um, Oh my goodness. I, (laughs) I really feel for this man, you know, like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I'm still working through it, honestly. Like, I mostly feel anger still <laughs> when I think about him. Uh, but, like, it's something I'm working through. Um, but anyway, fast forward to a little bit before last year, March of last year. Um, I think the Christmas before that. I think it must have been like 2016. Um, he wrote me a letter where he was like, I'm, I'm really sick. Basically. Yeah. He was like, I've, it's been really great knowing that you're safe and well, it's been giving me a lot of relief, um, in this really hard year where I've been really sick. So I was thinking like, Oh fuck. He's like, he like could be dying. Um, I should probably go meet him, even though he didn't extend that courtesy to me. (laughs) Like, I should probably meet this person before anything happens. So I bought a ticket to London. I I didn't tell him I was going until a week before I was going to fly there. Um, Why did you wait to tell him? I didn't want, I didn't want to give him that, like, I didn't want him to plan stuff. I didn't want him to have this, like, expectation, I think. I'm not sure why, but in my gut, I was like, there was no, because I hadn't replied to any of his mail. He had been writing me for, at this point, like, five, six years, no response from me. Um, and I didn't want to open a, up a conversation. Like, I didn't want to have conversations with him because I didn't want to be a presence in his life because he had never really been one in mine prior to, like, 2011, you know? So... Can I can I challenge you on something? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, is your phone ringing? That's so funny. Oh, it's connected that's... to my computer, so I don't know how to do it. That's okay. Just let it ring. It's like okay. just it's, it's sound effects for whatever <laughs> little game we're playing. <laughs> um, you said that you didn't want to be a presence in his life because he hadn't been a presence in yours. I would posit that in his absence, he was probably a larger presence in your life than he would have been in his presence. Oh, sure. Yeah. That's true. That's true. So I was just flipping it around a little because that's a different perspective, you know, to be mad at someone for their lack of presence. You know, also just for a little context, I have a a, a really good friend who yesterday um, told me she needs some space from, she needs some space right now, some distance between us. Mm. So it's really interesting because that's a very similar energy you know like she's Mm. we've not been talking that much but she's 
far more present now in her absence than mm. when she was just kind of present. Like I, you know, we hadn't, we hadn't acknowledged the distance that had grown between us. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So I'm really excited to keep talking to you because this theme of like absence and presence is so interesting. Mm. So you yeah. didn't tell him you were coming, right? Until how long before? A week. Until I landed, actually, I think. I think I told him, um, like, either when I was already in London, I had already arrived, because I was going to be there for 10 days. So I think I sent him an email that was like, hi, I'm... I happen to be in London if you want to get lunch or meet up or something. And he was like, okay. Uh, and then we picked a day and a time. And for some reason, like, we didn't give, I didn't give him my phone number. And I don't think he gave me his. So, like, we just picked – it was very, like, old. It was, like, we're going to meet at this. We're going to be at London Bridge Station at 10 a.m. on March 7th. Um, this is, like, an old movie. <laughs> this whole story. It's, like, he's writing these letters. You're not responding. It's, like, Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> not – yeah. But not, like – not like that. Like, it's not the same. It's not the same kind of love. <laughs> um, and then yeah. we met. And then the, the climax point of the movie happens. What? How are you feeling going into that? I guess now we're back at the anniversary. This is what was happening a year ago today. Yeah, that's this is what was happening. So we did like 10 a.m. in the morning. Um and I was staying with friends in London, like this, these wonderful friends, this amazing um, married couple. And I was in their spare bedroom and I had been there for a week already. So I felt very like settled. I lived in England till I was eight too. And like before. Was like home a little bit. Yeah. It, it, I went and I went back to Manchester for a few days for a night. So like my real childhood place like we went back I went to see my childhood home and my school so like I felt very at home um so that morning I was pretty like calm I was pretty calm and I just you know it's funny because of his absence um I expect very little I expected very little I had no I didn't I wasn't like oh maybe he's like this way or that way like I wonder what he's like no I didn't have any of those expectations I didn't and I did not expect that I wasn't like we're gonna bond and we're gonna have a great time like I didn't expect that either I was like it could be an hour we could hang out for an hour and like talk or and get coffee or maybe we'll spend more time together uh, I don't really know I we just like said we're gonna we, we didn't make any plans so it was just like we're meeting at this time um, and that morning he's like really nervous he's like I remember he he sent me another email that was like I'm gonna be there we said we're gonna meet at 10 but he was like uh, he he was coming from Reading which is like a suburb it's like 
outside of London. So it's like an hour and a half away or something like that. And he was like, well, I'm going to get there at 9am just so, just in case anything (laughs) happens. Um, and he like, and then he like, some one of the plat the platform where we said we we're gonna meet was closed. So I think he like freaked out and had oh, his goodness. friend email me. Like he his friend like searched me, found my website, and then like emailed me and was like, "You're like the platform is closed, so meet here instead." Oh, <laughs> this, this man, he he's so he's trying so hard to take care of you. It sounds like in a, in a weird way. <laughs> After I said that, I realized that that might be an insensitive thing to say, given his absence in your life. So if that felt insensitive, I'm sorry. No, no. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. And then like, I went to the place where we were meeting and we saw each other and, you know, it was really emotional. I mean, like he was crying. He was like, is that you? Is it Rachel? I was like, yeah, it's me. Um, and we just like, he like hugged me. And we like started walking. And uh, he, he uh, brought some, like, he was, he's like a very, he was not at all what I expected, you know. In what way? Um, uh, he's like very awkward. <laughs> I mean, sometimes, yeah, he, he's just like a very strange person, uh, which actually is fitting <laughs> if you know me, but. <laughs> you are delightful, my dear. <laughs> um, and he like was carrying this like plastic bag that had like a six pack of water in it and like snacks and (laughs) weird things. Yeah. Like he was like, I I, was like, if you're hungry, I brought these snacks and I was like, (laughs) okay. Um, and we, I don't even remember what we did. We like walked, we walked for so long. We walked and then and talked and, like got a coffee um he was like his hands were shaking he was like i don't drink coffee so i got a coffee and uh and and then we got on a a, a subway to go to the he was like I, I was thinking i could take you to the british museum that's where i had always wanted to take you as a little girl oh. um and i remember we like went up this exit that there was like an elevator and there was a, we went up this exit. It was a spiral staircase and there was a sign at the bottom that was like, this is an extremely, it, not in these words, but it was, it was like, this is an extremely long set of stairs. So just keep that in mind. And in my head, I'm like, okay, like how long can it be? And so we went up this spiral staircase, but as we kept going, it was so, it went like up and up and up. <laughs> like it was probably like seven flights or eight flights or something. My goodness, were you were you like? I mean, you must have been feeling it physically. I know that when Matt and I were in Italy, we like you know went to the top of the Duomo or whatever, and I was having to do like yoga breathing to get myself up the stairs. <laughs> oh yeah, like physically, I was feeling it. But the thing is, 
he had he has lymphoma. Oh my goodness. So he like he really is sick. Half halfway up he like looked like he was gonna pass out. And oh I was like, goodness. is this man gonna fall down these st-? like I didn't know what to do. Like we and we so we sat in the stairwell for like thirty minutes while he like got his breath and he was like and um what an incredible incredibly vulnerable and tender moment that must have been yeah and i like and i like felt like i had to take care of him and be like you know do you need water like what can we do Um, did you feel resentful about that in the moment i can imagine myself taking care but also feeling like triggered oh hello i lost you for a second wow that's okay i'm here can you hear me now yeah now i can hear you that was incredible i was saying how you know i i might have taken care but i can also imagine myself being triggered in that moment you know, mm-hmm. into a feeling of resentment or something. And then when I said triggered, then your sound went away and we actually like lost our connection to each other, which is what happens in the middle of a trigger, right? Mm. You start being present with the person and start instead being present with your thoughts about what's happening. Mm. Oh, wow. I'm impressed that you were able to be grounded and centered and present with him in that moment. That's so gorgeous. yeah and then we spent the day together we like went to lunch and and like he didn't want to stop talking Um, and he just kept being like I'm so he like seemed really surprised that I am who I am the way I am. I think he was like, he made it seem like he had this, this expectation that I would not be well-educated, that I would be like down and out kind of. Oh because, yeah, because of course, without his presence in your life, you couldn't be, <laughs> you know, like that's, wow, that's like such a powerful thing for him to assume. Uh, yeah, I know. I mean, and his impression of my mom, like, he would talked about my mom too when I was there and his impression of her would, was like, Oh, she doesn't like to work. Uh, she was like, he made it seem like she like couldn't fend for herself. Like she was, I don't know. Like trash. I don't know. <laughs> um, so I was like, no, she's doing good. She's doing well. And yeah, I have a college education. <laughs> it's I'm I'm wondering if you felt angry with him. Like you talked about feeling angry and then you shared about getting the news and deciding to go, you know, and not telling him. I'm wonder wondering if you were really I mean you said you still feel angry. Yeah. So it sounds like that wasn't very present that day, though, that you were together. It wasn't present that day. I felt mostly when I was with him, I felt sad. I felt 
bad for him. He seemed really like he has a family. He has a wife and two other kids. So like I have half siblings and they're in high school. Um, but he's, he doesn't live with them all the time. So he, he works in a, in a different city than they do. So he only sees them on weekends. And he just seemed like somebody who was really alone. Um, like he, like he has a hard time connecting with other people. Uh, and so I felt bad for him. <laughs> I, there's like a part of me right now that's like, I don't want to keep making this about me. <laughs> and I also really feel called to share with you that though I was not like physically estranged from my father, there could be a bit of an emotional estrangement at times. Mm -hmm. And the way that you're describing your father, like I can imagine myself using those exact same words, like about how I just felt sorry for him because he seemed so alone. And it's just like this feeling of deep grief, but also disappointment for me. That's something I'm still moving through. The feeling of being a little bit disappointed in him. For his not trying to connect with people or yeah, for not meeting well, your expectations? For, or, well, I don't know if you, I think you do know my father passed away almost four years ago. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as he was dying, he seemed regretful mm -hmm. a little bit. I could possibly be projecting that. And I also think my sense is somewhat accurate. And, you know, I've spent a lot of time since his death being mad at him and grieving his loss and wishing he were still here, you know. Mm -hmm. And part of what I've really moved through are the feelings of, like, anger and, like, disappointment in him for not trying harder. And then looking at the ways in my life where I have those same tendencies to not take care of myself the way that I should. And really that's like what, what that feeling came down to for me is like, if he tried a little harder to take care of himself, he might still be here. And that's not just like a physical health thing. It was an emotional health thing too. Mm. You know, and then I like... I see myself doing some of the same things like isolating, you know, he really loved ice cream. I really love ice cream. <laughs> and sometimes I'll eat an amount that feels, that doesn't feel good in my body. You know, like, I mean, that's not that much for me, <laughs> but it's interesting. So I didn't mean to hijack us there. No, not it's at just, all incredible to me the similarity in the energetic frequency of these experiences yeah i think father daughter stuff it's like very potent mm, yeah it's that's <laughs> that's putting it lightly 
no matter like what relationship you have with your you know either parent such a big part of you everyone father daughter father mother yeah it's i mean all the familial relationships it's incredible the the way they affect our being yeah Okay, so where did this staircase lead? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, To the British Museum stop. So we went to the British Museum and we looked around there for a little while and I felt like it was weird. It was like he wanted me to be a little kid and I'm like a grown person. So, you know, he had like no interest in looking at the artifacts or any of that stuff. He just like was talking. He wanted to watch you look at things. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I felt like I had, I was like, well, we're here for a reason. So I should be like looking at the thing. (laughs) So I like went about the museum. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're here and this is what we're doing together right now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then after that, we walked a little bit more and that was like the day. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, you know, how did you, how did you leave each other? I don't really remember. I think I was like, you know, he was like, do you want any of these water bottles that I brought? I was like, no, I'm okay. Uh, Oh, I would have been like, yeah, I'll take them all. (laughs) Uh I think I was like, take care of yourself. Uh, he gave me a, like a red envelope, which is, you know, what Chinese people often like parents or family often give to kids is like a red envelope, which means good luck, prosperity, and it usually has some money in it. Um, does this happen like, like on birthdays or is it like at only more momentous occasions? It happened like yeah, birthdays and Chinese New Year. Uh huh. Uh-huh. It's just like a little a, symbol. Yeah, exactly. Of like you know, Godspeed or whatever. Or um, mm-hmm. what does the envelope have in it? Anything? Money. Uh huh. You said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. And that's nice. Envelopes of money. <laughs> yeah. I'm open to that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Chinese, it's an old culture. They've got it down. They were like, well, no gifts, just envelopes of money. (laughs) (laughs) They had a lot of things right. (laughs) 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 I don't actually know that much about Chinese culture, so I don't want to make any assumptions right now, but that, (laughs) that sounds like a fun tradition. So that's really sweet that he did that. Yeah, yeah. It was sweet. And, uh, yeah. That's about it. That's the whole thing. I'm like, no, that's not it. Then you, what, walked home by yourself? I, I walked. How did you get home? I think I took the tube, yeah. I got on the subway and went back to... London Bridge, where I was staying, and I had dinner that night with, because uh, I met him on like one of my, my last night or my second to last night in London. So I had dinner with, um, 
I'm so sorry about that. I really don't know how. Do you? Did you hear no, that? I really like it. I like it. You do? It's, it's like punctuates the story quite nicely. Like I don't know how to make it stop, and I can't turn off my phone. No, it was great. It was like you said. I think like my last night in London, and it was like ding. Was like <laughs> sound effect. It was perfect. Um. Yeah. So I had dinner with my the people I was staying with, and did they ask you how it was? Did you guys talk about it? Yeah, we talked about it a little bit. Um, but it wasn't like, I mean, the British people are so polite. <laughs> it, it was very like, oh, like, you know, I like, in, like briefly talked about it. And then it was more about like, we didn't really get into it. It was. Oh my God. If it had been me, I would have, we would have talked about it all night. <laughs> I would have been like, you have to tell me everything. No, I wouldn't really, but part of me would want to. Um. Oh, I am remembering something now, actually. I remember coming back to New York and my mom picked me up at the airport and she Mm. asked me how it was. How did your mom feel about you going in the first place? She was like, go for it. My mom is super supportive. So supportive. Yeah, when I told her that he had contacted me at first, she was like, good, I'm glad. Like, You should have communication with him if you want to. She doesn't really ask me about it. And then when I told her I was going, she was like, good, you should meet him. Yeah. And she's like very secure in our relationship and she just wants the best for me. So she's very much like whatever you need to do in your journey, you know, go take care of it. She sounds like a badass. (laughs) She is. (laughs) She is. Um, And yeah, so she picks me up and she's like, how was it? And like it's a long flight I'm tired but I think that's one of the things I said was like I I look like him and and I said he's really ugly to me and I don't and I wish I didn't look like him like that's the only way I could like encapsulate the experience was like to her I don't know I just I like all I could think because we took a picture together in front of Buckingham Palace so like um, and I remember looking at it and, and like, we're standing next to each other. And it's like, we have a very similar, like, features. We have similar features. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was, like, upset about it. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> That's really big. Yeah, I had never known what he had like looked. I had never even thought about what he looked like before. So it was like that. Like that really stayed with me. It's like I understood in some, in a way that I never really had before. Like when you, that's what happens when you have kids. You know, you there are people in the world who look like you. <laughs> Like, it's so obviously, like, obviously, but I had never thought about it in terms of myself because I had never had that presence in my life before. Mm. Like, a major half of you, I had never even thought about, like, what he's like, what does he look like, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe some kids who grew up without a parent maybe are, like, 
fantasize about that parent and they're like oh if only they were in my life like my life would be so much better like that this person is probably so kind and whatever and I never even allowed myself to have that like dream yeah I mean it's so interesting because that's what I was thinking when you were talking about how you didn't have any expectations for what your time together would be like I was thinking about how you wouldn't allow yourself to let your heart imagine if it were good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I understand that impulse entirely. I do that. (laughs) Yeah. How has that feeling... Mm. (laughs) (laughs) How has that feeling unfolded for you since you shared it with your mother in this past year Uh, the about our physical resemblance yeah um it's actually interesting i i also did a, a monologue thing a year ago like a little bit after i came back and a playwright wrote a monologue for me and i had told her about that experience and the reaction so she like wrote a monologue for me about it Mm. um lucky you (laughs) and I feel like that was an amazing outlet because I was able it was like a beautiful piece she wrote and I was able to kind of like grapple with it um and process it a little bit (laughs) process it a little bit also take some distance from it Mm. Mm -hmm. and look at it from the outside um which really helped me like I'm I no longer think about that you know anymore in uh now I think more yeah I don't I don't think about that aspect anymore I've kind of like come to terms with it and you know yeah it's now more a part of me than it was then yeah you've integrated a lot yeah yeah Have you been communicating with him since you met him? No. So he's, he'll write me emails. He's found my website, and now he just, like, <laughs> writes long emails from the contact form on my website, which is very strange. Oh, my God. <laughs> he has a lot of input about, like, what kinds of things I should be doing and or watching. Uh, he's like, have you seen Mr. Bean? Oh, it sounds like he's trying so hard to be genuinely helpful. I know, but it's so infuriating because it's like, I've been doing this for 10 years. Um, But okay. (laughs) It's interesting that you continue to read them. His his letters or his emails? Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't, there aren't a lot of people in my life who reach out to me this, you know, who write me like long letters. um, Often. It's devotion. uh, In a way, yeah. On his part. Yeah. I mean, he's lonely. He's really lonely, I think. 
and it makes him feel good to know that there's somebody in the world. Like, I think he allows himself to, like, dream and imagine about what our lives would be like if we were in each other's lives. And that's why he writes these letters. And he wants to be in my life. But I don't know. I... I feel like, you know, going to London was a big step for me in, like, repairing our relationship. But I'm still not at a point where I, like, feel comfortable, like, having a real relationship with him, you know? Mm -hmm. He's never been, like, tell me about you. Like, what are your dreams? Where do you want to be in 10 years? Why Why are you an actress? He's never asked me any of those things. So what I get from that is that that he, he wants to have the relationship he's created in his mind. He wants to have the daughter that he, he's like dreamed about or like this not real, like, you know what I mean? I really do. So I feel like in some ways I'm doing a fa- him a favor by not replying because if I replied it would not always be pleasant. <laughs> you know, maybe he's open to that though. You know, as you're as you were talking, I was I was trying to in my head kind of reframe why he might not be asking you those questions because I would be also very hurt by that. You know. Yeah. And sometimes I do feel that way in certain relationships where it's like, why do you never ask about me? Um, maybe that's true. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> um, I was like, actually, I don't know if that's true anymore. It used to be. And I thought maybe he's trying to respect the boundary you've set around, like, she's not going to reply anyway, so... I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have this thought that I'm going to make maybe like a play or something in response to him. Oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, has some energy behind it oh my goodness I just felt that like right at the nape of my neck when you said that (laughs) and I think it would be a lot large part of the play would be reading like the things he sent me like full letters and things but it in a way it would be like a reply to it would be like what I have always wanted to say to him which I've never really said to him. That sounds incredible. <laughs> I will pay to see that <laughs> That's exciting. I have one I have one audience member. <laughs> oh my gosh. I bet you that anybody who has listened to this episode is like, sign me up. <sighs> Have you thought about actually starting that? Yeah. Yeah. 
slowly. It's happening slowly. I feel like I actually feel like it's funny that you messaged me about this podcast that you put in your calendar a year ago. Uh, because I, I was plan like, way in advance. <laughs> and I don't know if you remember that I said to you, I think when you and I talked about it, the show was already kind of on hiatus. And I think maybe you asked about that. And I think I said, if it's still on hiatus, we will come back for this conversation, which we have done. Wow. Oh, my gosh. You're right. You did say that. <laughs> That's so funny. So, wow. anyway, so I messaged you and... And I was like, I mean, this is the first time I've really talked about it for a long time. You know, like in depth, the whole story. And I was like, oh, this will be a good to kind of see where I am um you know I mean sharing this story in a very public way <laughs> um and if that feels good to me then maybe I will you know move forward in sharing it in a very public way in another format so you got a little taste <laughs> yeah yeah that's so good I love that well would you like any words of support? I feel like we can tell people out there that are listening that would like to see you create that piece of art that they should send us a little email <laughs> so that we can send all of those words of encouragement to you. Oh my gosh, I would love that. Yes, please do. Please I'll do. be honest, in the past, no one has ever really emailed us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. So if, if no one does, well, that's like the, that's like, you know the bar that's like normal and then if somebody does then they'll be you know exceptional we will be ecstatic (laughs) (laughs) oh oh my goodness i am so excited to see you go on to create whatever that energy is going to turn into it feels so big and like there's so much potential for you in there to allow yourself to explore like the depths of feelings in a really kind of like the word that's coming through is like exorcism. <laughs> yeah. It's a very strong energy. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if I'd make the show, I'll take it to the UK and send him an invitation a week before. I I'm think there. you should. <laughs> I think that, I know. I think that you should invite him to come here and see it. Mm. I mean, not that I'm going to push you in that direction. I may remind you of it, though, if it becomes reality. I may be like, did you send your dad an invite? <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting that that language is coming through because that's something else I think about is, like, what it's like to continue to issue invitations to connect when there's, like, you know there's someone receiving the invitations on the other end, but they're not responding to you. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He's doing that to me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I really honor you for holding your boundary around it. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's really gorgeous that you're like, I'm not ready. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you, John. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, what else is present for you around all this? What's what's alive as you're reflecting that it's been a year since that happened? Um, you know, one thing that has been really cool is that, okay, so while I was in the UK, I stayed with this amazing couple, like I said, and they have Do you this... want to say hi to them? You can say their names if you want, in case they listen to this. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> um, uh, well, their names are, well, it's Venetia and Nick. Um... Hi, Venetia. <laughs> Thank you for being amazing people who host their friends. <laughs> Oh, I don't want to embarrass them. Though. But anyway, I, that was like, I was the first time, not the first time, but I, I was seeing a couple who was like my age, they're married. Um, and I was like, this is a cool relationship. Like, I would like to have this relationship. Oh, I love it when you feel that way about somebody. Right. And I, while I was there, I like wrote, I like wrote a list of like, this is what I would like in a partner. I was just like inspired. I was thinking about partnership a lot. Um, when I was there and, and, uh, even though like, I feel like emotionally, I didn't allow myself to really go. Like I didn't really let go when I met my dad. I do think something happened, something shifted in, like, I could see that he really was regretful about, um, Ding. <laughs> so annoying. Sorry. Um, no, I, right on the word regretful. It was. Regretful. <laughs> um, he was really regretful about the past and had a lot of. I could see that he had a lot of love for me, even though I wasn't willing to receive it. Really, uh, I was. A lot of like judgments were coming up while we were meeting, but I could see like he was. He like was very devoted, like you said. He like wanted to spend time with me. He wanted to talk. He wanted. He kept on saying, "Do you understand?" He like said, "Do you understand?" Like maybe a hundred times that day. Um, and so, I'm now in a relationship with somebody who I was recently visit you this weekend. <laughs> yeah, who's coming to visit me in St. Louis this weekend? Um, and it's unlike any relationship that I've ever had before. Not that the ones I've had in the past are any less or any, you know, it's just the first time where I really, it's, it's just really unlike any relationship I've had before. And I feel like it, it was a direct result of this, of the meeting, of whatever the meeting did with my father and like, being in London at that time with that couple. And like, I remember meeting this person who I'm now in a relationship with. And like, after our second or first date, I was like, Oh wait, like I wrote a list of things I want in a partner. Like, could this person be that, that list of things? And I went and looked <laughs> and like, it was like everything I wrote. No, oh, and it, there were like no physical attributes. It was just like, you know, like, like not super, not, not like, is a banker or like that kind of stuff <laughs> but it, it was like personality traits and I really feel like like whatever I somehow called this person into my life 
Yeah, you summon him right up. <laughs> um, which I I couldn't have done if I didn't do the work of like kind of of like meeting my dad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, because in meeting your dad, what you were really doing was meeting yourself. You know, it's like. you got to meet a part of yourself that you had never met before. Yeah. Being in his presence. Yeah. Oh, what a beautiful gift you've given yourself. I, oof, I feel vulnerable right now. I would like to share something really intimate with you about my dad, if I have your permission to do that. Of course. So when my dad passed away, I was there. Um, I went home and was home for about 24 hours with him before, before he departed. And... One of the last things, he wasn't, like, talking much. He was pretty, like, out of it. Um, we did have some really nice moments of connection, however. And one of the last things he said to me while you were talking about, you know, how it felt to be around your dad, I was just hearing his words. And he looked at me and he said, I really, <laughs> I really do love you, you know? you know that was his that was his version of do you understand <laughs> it's just so interesting that that energy is so alive as I'm listening to you talk about your dad I'm like tearing up <laughs> <laughs> see I told you I, I didn't know I was going to make you cry but I knew I would cry <laughs> yeah 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 dads dads exactly dads <laughs> Daddy issues are so real. <laughs> yeah. I was sitting here filling into, we used to end the show with a question of if you could go back and talk to yourself a year ago today, what would you say? And I was trying to feel into if that feels like the appropriate question. And the question that was really coming through was, what did you learn a year ago from today? What did I learn that day? Yeah, as you reflect on it. I think I learned that I think the, what I walked away from, the biggest lesson I got was that Um, 
I, I think I learned about my own power. Like I had, I made that happen. You know, like you said, it was a gift I gave myself and I wasn't afraid. Like, you know how I have a word every year. Last, mm-hmm. that year, my year, word was brave. Um, mm-hmm. And I would... <laughs> you got to be careful what you call in. <laughs> um, and I was like, I, that it was something I wanted to do and I did it. And I, in some ways, made made something whole that had never been made whole for me by anyone else. Um, and I, I learned, and I also like learned about the strength of my mother, um, because it's like yin and yang. right? Oh yeah. In meeting the father, you learned so much more about the mother. Yeah. And he told a lot of stories about her, too, about how, I mean, not positive ones, but ones that were very revealing about the situation that I, you know, my mom has, that time of her life was really difficult for her. Like, she had, she didn't speak English. She had just moved to England by herself. Um, Their marriage was kind of an arranged marriage. Um. His family is old school Chinese, so like, you know, he his mother didn't want a daughter or a, a granddaughter. He, she wanted a grandson. Um, she didn't tr- treat her son's wife very well, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, so I think that's part of that was part of the surprise for him, like that I turned out as I don't know well-adjusted a person I guess as like the fact that I like he was like surprised that I knew how to use the internet and like could take a fly to London you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was he like really thought that you would be suffering yeah yeah um mm. so uh, it was really the first life really felt like my own agency and like mm-hmm. I and could was able to see how far like I've come. And so I really like just to make it not like, you know, so I centric it's, it's like when you're presented with these opportunities to do things for yourself that, I don't know, you, I just so, so encourage anyone to like just jump on those opportunities because there's really nothing like it. Mm-hmm. Doing that scary ass thing. Yeah, letting yourself go where you really want to go, even though you're a little bit afraid to go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and it's so interesting because as you say that, I'm thinking like that doesn't only mean book a plane ticket to England it also means don't respond if you don't want to respond you know like those are both empowering acts mm-hmm. <sighs> thank you for sharing your story it was so beautiful 
<laughs> That's True. what I'm supposed to be saying to you. <laughs> well, you're very welcome. Thank you for also sharing yours. It's, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. <laughs> Isn't that the way life usually goes? <laughs> exactly. Actually, that's the lesson I learned. <laughs> right, right, right. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It was bearable. <laughs> no, it was downright enjoyable. Wow. You know, would you like people to be able to follow you on social media? I think that we would like that, yeah? Oh, sure. So mm-hmm. Rachel said that she's an actor. She's also obviously going to be a playwright. <laughs> well, do you already write plays? I've written a few short ones. All right. Short so ones. she's a writer and an actor and probably a director too, <laughs> mm-hmm. if I know anything about you. And you guys can all find her. Where can they find you? Um, on Instagram, I'm Miss Arlin, M-I-S-S-R-L-I-N. Uh, or, you know, rachelemlin.com is my acting stuff website. <laughs> What's the M stand for? Michelle. My middle initial is also M. Oh, what's your middle name? <laughs> Megan. Oh. Fun fact. I oh, yes. I Megan. Yeah, you know that already about me? I, I remember reading that. College. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So, it's, it's confusing. Wow. I love stories like that, though, because, you know, you're like, you're such a tired, like, you really came, <laughs> something happened and you really came into your own power. And you're like, I'm uh, going to reclaim Tyla, which is awesome. And such a beautiful, oh my unique goodness. name. That's like what happened with you when you met your dad, like what you just described. It was in, like an empowering shift. You reclaimed Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Now I just feel like that thing where I'm like, I could talk to you forever, but it's been an hour and 10 minutes. So I guess we'll say goodbye. Bye. It was good talking to you. I'm so sorry about my stupid technology. Stop um, apologizing. Well, you want to know something really funny is I'm not totally sure that this recorded both of our voice tracks. So. Oh, no. We're going to say a prayer, but you don't need to apologize about your technology and let's both say a prayer for mine. <laughs> okay, definitely, definitely. This is what happens when I don't have Sally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for being my first ever solo guest, Rachel. I'm never going to forget this. My pleasure. I'm so glad to be. And I can't wait to talk to you soon. I know. You too. Okay. <sighs> Bye. Bye. Love. Bye.